Hi, my name is Ben DeVries, and welcome to another episode of A Corner of the River. We have another very, very special guest on with me today. Uh, this is uh, Melinda Schmidt. And Melinda, you and I first interacted uh, about nine years ago when I mentioned my uh, initiative at the time, Animal Welfare Initiative, called Not One Sparrow. Mm-hmm. And you were kind enough to, I think I was responding to one of the episodes of your podcast, Bring to Mind, which was an excellent podcast that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it may have been about Dio Moody or uh, some other subject, but I happen to mention working on Not One Sparrow and the animal welfare uh, cause. And you were gracious enough to reach out and eventually asked me on and really, really appreciated that. And in fact, I was just listening to that conversation um, an hour or two ago and really uh, enjoying um, the conversation we had. Uh, again, kind of felt like a different lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it sure was great to listen to. So this is a real honor and pleasure uh, for me to have you on and, and flip the table, so to speak. Although yeah. We're not sitting around an actual table like we were the first time. So, so well, Ben, it's just great to connect with you again. You know, I have always appreciated um, dialoguing with you. You're really a brilliant thinker, and you're a deep feeler. I loved that title, "Not One Sparrow," and um, I know we just enjoyed batting topics around from time to time when I was working at Moody Radio and Midday yeah. Connection, and um, I'm just really want to say congratulations to you for your podcast, A Corner of the River. I love the title. My Thank spiritual you. director is always reminding me that life is not linear. It's like a river and the river curves and goes this way and that way is fast, slow. Sometimes we get stuck. And I love that. Um, I just love the name, A Corner of the River, just kind of settling in and you never know what's going to meet you there or what you're going to be called to meet while you're yeah. there in a corner of the river. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you very much. Um, yeah, we've both been interested in spiritual formation uh, themes through the years. And um, yeah, I've enjoyed all of uh, the input on that that you gave with uh, with Moody Radio. You were, um, your show was uh, Midday Connection, right? And you right. hosted that with, I think, two others. Uh, Anita Lustry and I um, host co-hosted that together from about 2004 till it ended in 2015. And mm-hmm. Lori Neff, our producer, also was on the program sometimes. And our engineer, uh, we had several, Josh Kloss and um, right. Mark Breda as well was our last one before the right. show went off the air. So it was a great team. We miss it. I know a lot of people miss the program, but... Um, I do too. You know, Anita's got her own um, podcast called Faith Conversations, and sometimes I show up there too, and I think we're going to try to do more together. So that's nice. Yeah, that's wonderful. In fact, uh, as I mentioned before we started the recording, I listened to an episode between you and her just a day or two ago on, um, is it John 9, or do I have the wrong chapter? It was Uh, John 2. John 2. Yeah, 1 through 11. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my... My brain is blanking, but I, I remember enjoying it very much. And then you all, all, all four of you were uh, on together. Um, yes. That was wonderful to, to have that reunion. I, yeah, I really enjoyed and appreciated that show. And, and uh, like you said, miss it. And I even remember um, 
just kind of the emotional weight of that last show you to get it together too. It kind of felt like an end yeah. of an era. So, yeah, it felt like it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, and that'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, I think we've both had a number of life transitions since or job transitions mm -hmm. and things like that too. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of those we'll be focusing on here in a minute. Um, but just to mention quickly, you've uh, relocated from the Midwest to Southern California, right? Yes. Yep. Um, in February of 2021, I always, my parents had moved out here and I always liked it out here. And we, I had a dream of us coming out here. We ended up in the desert for a year. I don't know if you know this, but the desert's really hot. Yes. It was really hot. <laughs> uh, the airport wasn't that great for my husband's business travel. Sure. And so we uh, moved to the coast. Um, we've had a lot of transition in the past year that was unexpected. I can't say my California dream has uh, <laughs> really turned out the way I thought it was going to. It has surprised me. I think Dave and I are kind of, we're in our corner of the river, Ben, really, um, figuring out, kind of pulling over, figuring out what's next for us and, and where we want to be. And then in the midst of that, five days after we moved to the coast, we got a real surprise, which is what I, I know we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and in my own way, I can relate to some of that. Uh, these, these past seven or eight years have been uh, similar in some respects for me. So mm. what prompted me to reach out uh, for this particular episode and was thrilled that you um, agreed to join was hearing about the recent passing of your dog Pippa. Right. And right. having talked to you uh, on Bring to Mind, the podcast podcast that was sort of an offshoot of the uh, Midday Connection radio show, um, uh, specifically about animal welfare. And interestingly enough, as I was listening to that show again today, uh, bringing back all the memories and the feels, um, I heard you. Uh, a little over halfway in, um, you started talking about the new heaven, the new earth, hmm. and led into the question. I think you'd let me know ahead of time you were going to ask me, but will animals be in heaven? Hmm. And I, I bring that up to say maybe we can come back to that question yeah. <laughs> at some point in this conversation if, you, if you'd like. Oh, I definitely want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. So you actually asked me and I laughed um, because it is a hot topic then and hmm. I'm sure still is. But it struck me that you mentioned, um, will I see my dog Pip in heaven? Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of made me tingle a little bit. And I, I think I responded by saying, I, I can certainly understand the question. There's one of our cats that I mentioned at the time who had passed a few years previously and how much I'd love to see him in heaven and yeah. a couple of cats of, of our own that have passed since. So um, yeah. it was interesting, it's interesting that, to think about when we talked that Pippa was alive, just a puppy. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was uh, just thinking about. So um, that was 2013. Uh, mm. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about how she came into oh, your life. Sure. sure. Well, uh, P Pippa, um, or Pip for short, was bred by my daughter and her then boyfriend back in 2011. Okay. Uh, we liked his dog a lot, and she decided we needed one. And she was out here in California, and we had never had a dog when our kids were growing up. Um, so she bred this dog and she picked this dog, which was the runt of the litter. And we actually came to California in May of 2011. So, um, you know, 11 years ago, I guess this uh, next weekend, 
uh, Memorial Day weekend when we're recording this now. And as I mentioned, she was the runt of the litter. Um, I didn't know much about that till recently when a animal is the runt, it means that they didn't get all the proper nutrition in utero that the other dogs in the litter got. And I didn't know that. She was born with a pretty significant heart murmur. And, but they had just kind of the, she's a long haired Chihuahua miniature pincher. So she was caramel colored. She looked like a fox. Once I had a policeman stop me and he said, that looks like a fox. <laughs> and I just said, oh, ha, 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 and quickly went on, no, no, it's not, you know. And I, we, we used to have other people ask us, is that a fox? So anyway, she was only about eight pounds. She was tiny. Uh, she's a lap dog. Um, so lap dogs mean exactly that they want to be on you all the time and near you. And I've come to recognize that that was really a part of our life with this pet. She wasn't a big dog that went off in her in the corner in her big dog bed. No, no, she was always on her lap or right next to us and, and had her place. So her loss has, uh, you know, been difficult that way because that that physical presence, as I'm sure you've felt with your former cat is, is of course missing. And that's what happens when we miss our loved ones. The body, the body is gone. And that's definitely um, been something for us to try and get used to and still is kind of shocking that that she's not here. So she's great dog, great personality. Um, you know, she was, as I said, the kind of breed, a chi and miniature pincher, um, very loyal to the family, wasn't really another dog kind of dog, but loyal to us. And just, we called her a dog with a soul. Have you had a pet like that, Ben? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I think so. The, the, do you mean, do you mean that just a, a big personality or some sort of heart connection or both? Yeah, maybe both. And just, she, um, I think her spirit seemed wide open. You know, there's some dogs I've met, they're just kind of crazy and they're fun and they're entertaining and they bark and they have antics, but she seemed to be a dog that read deeper, more deeply into our lives and seemed intuitive in some ways. And yeah, I, I, I think we felt that. And I don't know, I sometimes wondered if it was because she was the runt and had to kind of fight for her life. <laughs> um, but yeah, we really, really felt that way. I talked with her constantly. Um, that's something that's missing because I used to chatter all the time. And I knew her favorite, she loved music, so I knew her favorite um, Alexa stations that she liked. <laughs> and, what did she like? Know, uh, well, Fernando Ortega Pandora Station or Spa Pandora Station, she likes those. Or King's College Choir or movie um, soundtracks. Interesting. And she would really calm down when I'd put music on or she'd kind of curl up and yeah, she was a music lover. She she helped me when I read my or wrote my college papers for my master. She'd curl up in my desk or on my lap as I sat at the dining room table writing my papers. So shared a lot of life with her. And I think, of course, the thing about pets is that unconditional love and uh, making them happy and they make us happy. Uh, they're like some people say they're better than humans, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes that, 
I've heard that and sometimes it does feel that way. They Yeah. Yeah, there's a a closeness and I was able to read her like I would say to Dave, if anything ever happens to me and she does this, this is what this means. So I felt really bonded with her more than I realized. I think because she was tiny, we felt the need to protect her. When we lived in Illinois, we'd have coyotes come through our backyard. So, you know, we had to watch her and uh, and take care of her. And she, she looked like a puppy, even though she passed away when she was 11. So there was a real baby theme. And you know how we talk baby talk, maybe guys don't do that as much, but we baby talk to our pets. So this whole feeling of physical presence, of soul knowing, of um, just the, the terrific engagement with each other and this babying her, and she was always ready to get in the car and do anything with us. She loved exploring. She was really a companion for life. Yeah, for sure. And yes, I've been known to do some of the baby talking as well. <laughs> we have a, a toddler now, as I mentioned before we got on. and. Uh, even each of our cats up until our most recent cat, uh, about four years now, Lucy, uh-huh. but uh, every cat that we had prior to that, that, uh, we named, uh, some sort of, uh, baby name, uh, baby was an actual name of our, of my first cat yeah. and, Bubba and Missy, uh, Bitsy. So yes, yeah. uh, I'm not, uh excluded from some of that baby talk as well. <laughs> yeah, I used to call her my baby girl and, yep. you know, yet she was 11 years old. Uh, so, you know, then we've moved in the past year and she was our companion and right. uh, moved here to the coast. We had quite a wild first quarter of 2022. We sold our house and um, didn't quite know where we were going right away thought we were buying a house but that fell apart and um pip was our companion through all that we lived in a friend's uh condo in palm springs for five weeks then we lived at dave's sister on the top of a mountain um for a week and then we lived in a hotel for a week and a half And it was during the last weeks that we were on the road that Pip developed a kind of funny cough. It sounded like she was trying to cough up a hairball and um, it got worse. So went down the mountain, had an emergency visit to the vet and she was having congestive heart failure. Her heart was so big that they couldn't even hear her lungs. And the doctor said, well, you can do this or that, but you'll have an episode, a crisis, and then you'll know, you know, you're going to have to decide something. So uh, we were actually at a hotel in Aliso Viejo about uh, 20 minutes from where we are here. And it was a grueling week because she was awake in the night, hacking. We had to hold her upright so she could catch her breath. We were in the throes of a lot of change and transition for ourselves. And now something was going on with her. So five days after we moved in here at the end of, um, well, it was eight weeks ago now, um, the end of March, um, she had a crisis. And so we were one of those many pet owners who had to traipse to the vet and and make it a very difficult decision to do what was best for her. Sure. Yeah, we've had to do that with at least a couple of our cats. Um, What do you want to share more about? with those last hours or day or two with her alike, or is that, does that bring back, uh, are those memories too painful? You know, it, it, 
I kind of knew we never had a pet that we'd said goodbye to before. And I know that you, you have um, been, but um, you know, I think as I've read more about it, there's, you know, there's guilt. Did we do the right thing? Was it too soon? Should we put her on meds? We felt like really what they were telling us is she was going to become an experiment with medication and she was going to be on, you know, diapers and our quality of life with her was drastically going to change and hers was going to change as well. So, you know, that's like my husband said, this is not a decision. We don't want to do that with humans. We don't want to do that with our pets either. You know, what do we do here? What is best? It was sudden. And I think it was mostly shocking. And uh, also here we were in a new place where we don't know anyone here. So a, a bit of a twist to this is that we're not in the home where we spent most of our life with Pip in the suburbs of Chicago. You know, our apartment doesn't really feel like home yet. Um, And so we don't have those comforts or the routines um, to really lean into. So it's definitely been stressful. However, we got this apartment because it was pet friendly. Pip led us here. It's sunny, it's bright, it's worked out well for us. And um, we realized that Uh, because of her, you know, we're in this really delightful spot. We're in Orange County. Good luck if you can find any green space in Orange County. And this place, because it was pet friendly, we chose this apartment, as I mentioned, backs up to a huge park. We have a huge park across the street. We're in a quiet part of Orange County. And it's all because of her. And so we feel like that's definitely a gift in the midst of a lot of sorrow. But, you know, it's not been easy, that's for sure. And it's honestly, I'm still shocked. I just can't believe it. I Sometimes I say to Dave, I can't believe she's not here. Right. Yeah. I, I read a quote. There's a book that's been really helpful to me. It's uh, called Losing My Best Friend by Jeannie Weikerly. Okay. And um, I'm going to look at the full title here and find a quote from it that I put in my notes. Um, here it is. Uh, It's called Losing My Best Friend, Thoughtful Support for Those Affected by Dog Bereavement or Pet Loss, Jeannie Weikerly. And a quote from her book uh, went like this, it's all the love that you still want to give her, but it has nowhere to go. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow, isn't that true of any kind of death or, Mm -hmm. or loss? You know, I know when they when Moody Radio decided to cancel Midday Connection and the Bring to Mind podcast was a loss. You know, as a friend said to us, a loss is a loss is a loss. And you really do have love or gifts or, you know, if it's a job, you have, you know, maybe years there and a real commitment to a place, but suddenly all of that has nowhere to go. And I think that that's something that we struggle with in, in loss is that we're still ready to to give that love, but it's not to be, and it's an adjustment, you know, definitely for us. And, you know, then another part of that is when others don't get our bereavement. And I'm sure you've probably run into this too, Ben, and that can happen with human loss or job loss. I remember when uh, I got fired, you know, (laughs) we were with friends or acquaintances, I'll say, And the guy turned to me and said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like suddenly I had this new frontier ahead of me. And I said, well, 
I was doing what I always wanted to do, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, people, you know, they either get it or they don't, you know, they kind of come out of the, the woodwork and don't always say what we need them to say. And, and that again is another part of any kind of loss. I think, you know, all these losses are holding hands together because a loss is a loss is a loss. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've dealt with that, at, that similar experience where, um, you, you feel like you, you can't quite share, um, the extent of what you're feeling. It, it might not even be a loss. It might be a season of struggle, um, hmm. but certainly a loss is. Yes. Well a, said. Yeah. A, a similar dynamic. And like you said, you can just kind of tell if someone has, has experienced it themselves. Uh, it typically requires something like that or someone with remarkable empathy mm -hmm. uh, to overcome a lack of experience for someone to kind of be able to feel some of those things, same things from the inside out. And mm -hmm. in fact, that's what in, in some part drew me to, uh, um, I almost wondered if, if you, if have you had a lot of opportunity to talk about Pippa, has it been hmm. um, easy to do so? Has it been kind of a, uh, that's a, need a good to question just, to share with others? You know, it, it, it really, you don't know till you, till you try, right? You don't know till you say something and then people open their mouths and then you find out. I, I think, uh, for one thing, since Pip has died, it's really increased, I think for Dave and me, our empathy, um, awareness, like anybody goes through anything now, we're just like, we're on it. We're so attuned really, I, I would say to, to loss. And I think that's a positive one thing. I, I have to admit though, Ben, you know, I sure I was that voice in the past that said, oh, that's sure. too bad. Yeah. Not knowing what someone losing a huge part of their life really entailed. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that I, I did the same. And, um, so I have talked about it on Facebook and Instagram. But I just posted something this week. This is eight weeks later. And people are sort of like, oh, yeah, you're really hurting. It's so hard. Or, you know, maybe you should get a rescue dog or whatever. And it's like, well, no, I'm just telling you about life. It's not I'm not doing this to garner sympathy. I posted something recently and said first time in 11 years, the dog wasn't here to greet dad when he came home from his business right. trip because Dave travels. Yeah. And uh, it's just a fact of our life. And I think sometimes maybe we need to consider that people want to talk about their grief. And that doesn't mean that, oh, that's too bad. It just means that's part of their life. They're grieving. They just want to talk about it. They might tell you that they took a trip or went to the store. Oh, and also they're missing fill in the blank person or pet or whatever it is. And so I think, you know, we have to know who is with us and who can understand what we're going through. And I had several of those friends. And so I just talk with them about it because sure. they get it. But I think it has also taught me that, 
You know, we don't have to be alarmed when people talk about their loss. This is just a part of their life. And we shouldn't, you know, Marion, I think it's, it's her name. I have a book here. Uh, Miriam Greenspan says that we are emotion phobic in this country. Right, right. And yeah, so we can really give people an opportunity to share their real life experience and not kind of cordon them off and put them over there and not relate to them about their loss. It's normal to have loss. What did Freud said? You know, we have normal misery. Oh, interesting. I've never heard that quote. Yeah, before. we just, yeah, life is, is, you know, we have normal misery. And I know a friend of mine who lost her husband after a while, she, she's just said to me, thanks for bringing his name up. I, I like talking about him. We can always ask too. We can say, is it okay? Like you're doing such a good job with that today, Ben. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something I'd seen. I must have seen a couple of posts even before the one you just shared that you mentioned. Um, yeah, and just just wondered if if you'd had much of an outlet. Um, oh, well, I did go to a pet loss support group, oh, wow. although I told that to someone and they were like speechless. I think that <laughs> unless you get over this quickly, you know, people think it's an anomaly. I also read a quote in uh, Miriam's book that said we've pathologized human emotion. Um, I'm just getting into the book. It's fascinating reading. Um, it's called Healing Through the Dark Emotions, the Wisdom of Grief, Fear, and Despair. And where those used to be common, now we've made them into diagnoses. And so it's kind of interesting to, to think about that. But I I did sign up for a pet loss group. I, I Googled it and it was on Zoom. And there were six of us women, one, well, I can't talk about it. Actually, you can't talk about what you hear there, but oh, yeah. each person had their story. And a couple of them were really shocking of what happened to, to the pet. And, sure. and um, so that was, that was helpful. And I cried and they cried and we had a, the therapist was the moderator and she'd make comments after the things that we shared. And so, you know, it was, it was an opportunity to have camaraderie. I've never done anything like that, but I kept reading online. Don't do this journey. You're on your own, get into community. So I thought, well, what the heck they have this, I'll do it. So that was helpful. And, um, they meet the first Saturday of the month and I'll probably go again in a couple of weeks just to see what it's like. I think that's another thing, like do, do whatever we need, right. For our grief right. journey. And for me, it was buying a book. It was going to this pet loss support group. It's letting myself cry or be angry. Um, just let it, let it go. Yeah. Do you think it's similar to, I might butcher this quote a little bit, but with when they talk about trauma and I, I even remember a show or two about trauma on your mm. your radio show or podcast previously uh, bring to mind um is it something along the lines of trauma that's not expressed as sort of trauma that isn't healed or, or something to do you, do you think yeah it's just a different version that's of that what they say I mean that's what I'm reading um but I do think that not everybody is open to that journey. I think okay. some of the reason why we get these sort of 
on you know these responses is because sometimes the owner of the words really isn't in touch with the feelings that they have okay. in life and so what's unknown to them they can't give right um so i think that um you know we we have to show empathy for them we have to show understanding even in our grief, but uh, I think sometimes they haven't dealt with their own stuff. And so they can't show the compassion. You know, we can only give the compassion that we show ourselves, they say. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, when I see, I have uh, a large number of uh, friends, especially on social media that were, that, that kind of got to know through the Not One Sparrow mm -hmm. project uh, some years ago, which unfortunately, uh, kind of closed it down um, not long after we talked. That's a whole other story, but this is a, a good way for me to be re-engaging with, with some of these issues. Uh, so I appreciate that mm. itself. But I have a large number of friends, uh, who of course, still, still care very much about animals, as do I in my own way. Um, and, uh, you know, from time to time, you see someone share uh, about losing a pet, a dog or a cat, or even other animals that are very special to them. Um, and I often, you know, I usually do the little heart emoji or the mm -hmm. Facebook, the little face holding a heart. Um, and part of me just realizes that I, yes, I, I've been there in my, in my own case, I've been there personally quite heavily, uh, two or three times at least. And then additional times as a child, but I, there's no way I, I can express that in, uh, maybe a sentence or two. Right. Right. And, it'd be wonderful to have a conversation like this, um, every time or, or more than, more than a, you know, a few times, but we can't, and we don't know everyone on that level. And, th and that's just being, you know, a finite human being, I guess. But so I wonder if for some people it's, it's the, they, they, there's a, there's a feeling of, of bonding and empathy over the experience, but just uh, a, a limit of, of time and maybe emotional bandwidth, for instance, I've been very, consumed with the invasion of Ukraine recently. And I, I, I struggle to really wrap my mind around anything else. In fact, I'm so focused on what's actually happening, the violence happening in Ukraine, I barely think about the 7 million or maybe more refugees that have fled mm -hmm. Ukraine and, and their mm -hmm. needs. And, mm -hmm. and then for other people, you get the sense, as you said, may, maybe they have experienced a loss in their life. It's the rare human being who, you know, by the time they're an adult, let alone later in life who hasn't experienced loss of some kind, a parent or family member, or sibling, or, you know, God forbid a child or, or friend. Um, but they, I don't know, maybe, maybe it just, there were not people in their life. I think maybe you're getting at this who are not able to help them process it and to reawaken that uh, sense of loss might just, bring full-blown pa panic you know it's like yeah. you just can't open that that door i'm really appreciating what you're saying because you're definitely filling in or my answer and you're giving it much more of an expanded viewpoint um i think that that's really wise what you've said is some people don't have time bandwidth capacity or maybe feelers but i'll you know can't it can only express the way that they do for reasons that aren't for me to 
prefer me to judge. So I'm really appreciating that, Ben, and I'm going to take that with me after our conversation today and, and think about that. I think it's that actually, you know, I need to be showing compassion too to to those that are responding but i do want to say i think just putting a heart emoji is great or just saying i feel for you is it's enough it's just knowing that someone is coming alongside um so i think that that is helpful too and you know i've heard from people what was interesting to me is that people began to dm me or instant message me and tell me their story Oh, and and tell me about their dog Gretchen, who they put down, you know, last year, or what a pet meant to them, or you know, three months ago, you know, their their dog passed away. And so I do think that when we share our grief and story, we do give an opportunity for others who are looking for a place to express their own sorrow for their own experience. We do give them kind of an open hand to kind of take and go forward, you know, together, even just being in sorrow together. You know, maybe they don't have somebody that they've been able to to talk with. Yeah, for sure. And thanks thanks for what you said a moment ago and what you just shared. I, yeah, the, the need remains regardless, even if we show as much empathy as we can, if we're, if we're hurting and grieving and, and trying to understand that others may not have that, that visceral visceral or deep of a reaction themselves or mm-hmm. ability to empathize in, in the mm-hmm. moment um but the need remains regardless i think uh i, I know um do you think there are d- dimensions of losing an animal that I, I, I you pretty much touched on this at least uh you know uh, to some degree earlier in the conversation but it, certain dimensions of losing an animal that you feel are harder to share harder to connect with others about Well, you know, we were with friends recently and, and she said to me, oh, you've had a hard time with the loss of your dog. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Um, what do I say to that? You know? <laughs> um, so I think that, um, you know, it's, it's just something that you just keep trying to work with yourself and, and have compassion for others. And my mind is wandering and I kind of forgot your question. Oh, no, not a problem at all. I, I went off thinking about all of that. Tell me again, what did you ask me? Yeah. Do you, let's say you had lost a, a parent or a friend oh. or a family member, would it have been easier to share the loss with oh, oh, the general oh, population? Yes, something yes, along those lines. Right, right. Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. In 2017, Dave and I ended up planning three funerals for family members. Um, wow. I think that's more accepted, definitely. Sure. And I think people know how to show up at a wake and they know how to show up at a funeral service and they know how to send flowers. And people come together in grief, and that's expected. That's a that's a ritual that we have in our country of, um, and you know, can vary from ethnicity to ethnicity with little nuances. But um, it's it's an expected kind of um, ritual. 
And I think that's marvelous, but we don't have that for pets, of course. And in the book that I mentioned earlier, Losing My Best Friend, she talks about um, people having funerals or memorial service or whatever if they want. Mm -hmm. But wow, try to talk about that with other people. And it sounds kind of crazy, but people have done remarkable things around a pet to say goodbye. So I do think, yes, it's easier. I'm, I mean, I'm just answering off the top of my head to to memorialize or say goodbye. We, easier in that we have the um, on-ramps to do that, to, um, to share together and memorialize someone, but generally not for a pet. I know when I was at the pet loss support group, the therapist said, you know, I was at a vet's clinic and there was a cabinet that was open and it was full of the little boxes and urns with pet names on them. People can't go back and pick their pet up wow. after it's been cremated. And you know what? We haven't gone back to pick Pip up because I'm like, what? She's been cremated. She's in a box. How am I going to have her in this place? That's crazy. <laughs> That's how it feels. But I thought it was interesting, Ben, how she said, yeah, people can't go back. And, you know, some can. You know, some there's no problem there. I know of two people who right away were happy to happy, but that's maybe not the word, but okay with having their pet, you know, who had been cremated in a box prominently displayed in their home. So she was just making the point that everybody is different, of course. Right. Um, you know, Dave, Dave right away was like, we're going to take her back to Illinois and have her buried in the family plot. Now, I can't imagine if we tell people that, if we do that. But he talked to the manager of the the um, the cemetery where our family is buried. And he said, oh, yeah, we do this. We get the, the pole um, digger outer and we make the hole. And he said, there's, there's no law or anything about that. So it's not that it's not done, but we really don't have the rituals to say goodbye to this beloved pet that for some people was even more wonderful than their human. <laughs> you know, that's, I've read that so many places. And that's kind of known in the pet loss psychology field that a lot of people feel like their pet was the better of the humans that they were engaging with and their families. That's interesting. Do you think it's the unconditional love component? Is that the biggest factor? That's what that's what I'm reading that, yes, and it's the enthusiasm. Right, and, right. you know, unlike other family members, they obey us, they listen to us, they do what we say, they love us, and they entertain what us. What kind of family members you have? <laughs> <laughs> they entertain us. So, exactly. you know, they're, they're just, and, you know, they, another friend said they kind of act like they're two-year-olds all the time. Yeah. And, and they're just a lot of fun. Yeah. And they're loyal. And when that companionship and for us, because she was small and a lap dog, there was a physical component as well. Yeah. You really do feel like something's been yanked out of your, out of your life. What did she come along kind of at the empty nesting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So when our kids were, leaving you know she was there and so of course she became the third child and you know don't most of us spoil our our pets yes. to 
and then I they adore us even more. Second child, let alone. Yeah. 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 How did your pets adjust? How did your cats adjust when baby came along? Uh, yeah, the toddler. Um, yeah, we had uh, two at that point, and we still have the two. One is uh, just about 16, I believe, and the mm -hmm. other is four. And um, the older one largely camps up, camps out upstairs in my, my office uh, slash bedroom. And um, we are in different sleeping arrangements with the toddler. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and the, the overnight stuff. Um, yeah. So, and she's, she's the Betsy, the older one, she's a little wary of the toddler, the, the younger one, Lucy, um, we named her that because my wife and older son uh, love watching I Love Lucy together. Oh, cute! And, uh, turns out the cat's quite the character too. Oh. So, um, she's she's black and white and has a fun personality. Anyway, she well, funny you should ask. Uh, long story short, when we brought the baby home from the hospital uh, the first time, she hissed and she continued to do so for <laughs> mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. And I think it was just the new new smell, new, mm -hmm. new little, little creature in her territory. Uh, but she's warmed up quite well, uh, and she's pretty patient with him. She'll let him pet her for uh, you know periods of time. But of course, as any toddler, he kind of pushes too far or pulls mm -hmm. a little hard. Or so she's she's nipped him a few times, and it mm. you know surprises him. But he's he's pretty hardy uh, <laughs> with that kind of stuff. So um, I'm really hoping that they'll be close. She the Lucy, the four year four year old cat, is uh, kind of our older son's cat probably always will be she'll sometimes she'll if he lets her she'll she'll sleep in there with him overnight mm -hmm. and um they have a special relationship but i think she'll have a good relationship with the uh, the younger one the older one is a little more patient when the baby the toddler comes upstairs to hang out or read uh with mm -hmm. me and um but then she she has a pretty short fuse and she'll just kind of crawl away under the bed or something just <laughs> in her space again so <laughs> but it is fun um yeah, as I was listening to our show from from nine years ago on, on Bring to Mind, I had mentioned uh, Bubba, who was uh, a male cat that we adopted. I mean, we're not sure exactly how old he was, maybe a few years, give or take, when we adopted him from a, uh, a pet store adoption center. And let's see, we adopted him, I believe, in 2005. And he passed away just three months after our, our older son was born in 2009. Mm. Yeah, very sudden. Um, mm. And uh, I could collect my thoughts and maybe share a, a bit more about that if you, if you want me to. But yeah, oh, that's and so unexpected. Yeah, I have a picture here just on my, my bookshelf to my right where um, uh, it's it's holding uh, our Jaden our as a baby. Um, probably just a matter of weeks old and, and Baba would just jump up on my lap in the rocking in the armchair and and cuddle up right next to him and was just the most uh gentle patient uh, mm. was the same way with actually our, our cat bitsy when she was a kitten um and it would have been absolutely wonderful to, to see them grow up together that was what took uh bubba if i can ask yeah of, of course yeah yeah it was a real loss so he he probably was only uh, we don't know six or seven at the oldest um and I'm trying to remember some of the details. He was showing various symptoms. Uh, I forget. I forget which, uh, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. 
but we, of course, we brought him to the vet at a certain point. Oh, actually, I think the first thing that we addressed and we, we didn't even have the money. My, my in-laws gave us the money for a urinary tract, uh, mm -hmm. surgery. Uh, I guess female cats can sort of work, work those issues through with medication. Uh, male cats cannot it requires mm -hmm. surgery. So we weren't sure what we could do. They, they, they enabled us, uh, my in-laws to have the surgery and we thought, Hey, we're good to go. You know, um, he's, he'll, he'll heal and be back to normal. And as, as gentle and as laid back, that's why we gave him the, the name, um, his official name was Slugger when we adopted him, but we mm. quickly changed it to Bubba. It just seemed like a Bubba. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he just freaked out. Uh, the vet was no more than half a mile down the road, in fact, from our apartment complex at the time. And he would just lose it, getting in the car oh, the whole way there, the whole way back, mm. probably in the office. And something about that experience just triggered kind of an uh, immune, uh, kind of a body shutdown. I forget the technical term for it. Mm. Um, within a week of that surgery, he, he, you know, we, we were trying, we're giving him medication, working with him at home. And he just went downhill, maybe similar to Pip. Um, very very quickly yeah we brought him in the hospital um i think by the following day they were calling us in saying you know it's it's we're, we're pretty much at the end and uh, mm. my wife and i remember being in a tiny little little closet of a room with several cages and they had him in a cage and um try to say this stuff getting too emotional but we um you know the vet in some way just let us know he's he's really not doing well we need mm -hmm. to make a decision and pretty much you know let him go so my wife held him, took it, you know, he's got um, tubes tied to, you know, one, yeah. one or two of his arms and um, for feeding or fluids, um, uh, medication maybe. She held him for a little bit. I held him. Um, we were both, you know, just, just weeping in that little room. And, and then the vet came in and, you know, gave him the, the final injection. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, I, I remember holding him and he was if he was peaceful at all, it was just a short period of time. And then he was just, you could just tell he was in agony. He didn't want to be held or, um, yes. And it was, it was incredibly traumatic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was it similar with Pip? Oh, I'm just relating. Yeah. Because, um, Pip had to be on oxygen. It, they couldn't get her off of oxygen to bring her into the room for the shot even. Oh, wow. So by the time they brought her in, she was just panting. She wasn't relating to me anymore, like all my pet names. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. what's happened to her? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was struggling to breathe. It's just also shocking, Ben. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I, I you know, you want to think you said this or that. Like, we didn't, we couldn't hold her. She was gasping for breath. So we just had to proceed and, and move forward. And I think these are the things that I just feel sad about. I was thinking the other day, I always thought that Pip would die some, you know, they said that this breed lasts till they're 19 years old. I was right. counting on that. Right. And I thought, oh, we'll just have some tender time in some vet's office and stroke her and she'll just go off to sleep. And it's not that way. They're in agony, like you said. Now, Bubba was really sick and hurting, and we don't even know how much they were hurting because they can't talk to us. But yeah. I'm glad that you got to hold mm -hmm. Bubba. Yeah. 
So you didn't get to hold Pip because of her breathing issues? No, yeah, she was just kind of laying on the table and she was just struggling to breathe. When it was over, I mean, it was obvious there had been fluid in her lungs and, you know, she was suffocating. So it was traumatic. Yeah. It was traumatic, absolutely. Did, you know, I... I don't know how, how much eye contact you were able to make. Do you remember the final moments or did, did you were able to say, say goodbye either internally or verbally? I'm just curious kind of what, what that was like. No, I just, Dave was questioning with the doctor talking about things and, and I was kind of talking with her, but she just was ignoring me. She was just panting to breathe. And I think that that just shocked me. And I, I never had felt that way in 11 years. So I think that threw me and I didn't, I just didn't, after that, I was like, we need to hurry and get this over. She's miserable. Well, that's not a good feeling, right? you know, and, and I, I feel, you know, regret about that, that, um, it wasn't that kind of special kind of time where we just sent her off and, um, you know, after he gave her the first shot, she, you know, that's, they kind of are asleep then. And then they, then they gave her the second. And that was just all, it, it was so unexpected that I think that we are still working through that. And, and I think Dave and I do it differently too. Like he likes looking at pictures of Pip and she's on his uh, lock screen. No way. I, I can't, I don't do well looking at pictures of her. She's not going to be on my lock screen. I tried that for about one day. So I think that's another part of all of loss, this loss conversation is that, you know, we have to give people space to do it their way and find people that we can connect with when we do it our way. And it may not be even those that, I mean, Dave and I are not in contention over this, but you know, we have to look for the people or outlets that will help support how we are uh, finding grief and dealing with it. He didn't go to the pet loss support group. I did. And he likes, oh, I remember Pip when she did this and that. And I just stare like, all I'm thinking about is I'm so sad she's gone. Yeah. 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 So that attachment is, is pretty special and i know that you know you you have felt a special attachment um to animals for so long and i have a question for you besides the heaven one but i have another question for you which is now you went ahead and got more pets yes i was i was i was wondering if i could ask that question of you but uh yes um well we had like to hear about that yeah we had Let's see, three, at least three. Uh, we, te- I think, temporarily had um, actually four uh, by the, when Bubba passed. And, um, but you know, it was, it was. How do you know when it's okay to get another pet? Yeah, in our case, I think it actually was another 13 years before we got mm-hmm. Lucy. Uh, however, that was because we still had three. So some of it was oh. just, uh, you know, the, kind of not trying to overtax our, our, our living situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's an excellent question. I, if, if, uh, if either or both of our cats were to die, God forbid, uh, 
you know, in the near future, I, I think we would be the type of people to wait just a little bit and, and get another kitten. You know, mm -hmm. that's, we're at a good stage of life for that. And for the sake of our kids, you know, who are mm -hmm. both still at home. And um, that's what I would want personally, I think. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I, 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 as I think you're implying, I think that's drastically different for different people. And I'm, mm. I'm not quite sure why. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Having lost Pip? Yeah, I think we're trying to work through that. We, um, I think about it sometimes. I wonder if it would perk us up or whatever, but, right, right. but also I feel like this is still so fresh. I'm like, how can we be grieving or crying sometimes or reminiscing about Pip and have another dog in the house? It feels weird mm -hmm. in some ways. I know, um, my spiritual director was telling me that a friend of hers, her dog passed and she got another dog right away because she was in the midst of caring for her older mom. And it was so stressful. She needed a pet to help her through the caregiving that she was doing. And I thought that sure. was a terrific idea. Sure. Yeah. Um, for us, I, I, I don't know. And I think our life is a little bit uncertain right now where we're going to end up full time. So we can see that, you know, maybe it's not maybe the right time. Dave's a very loyal, he's an Enneagram six. So, <laughs> so thinking about another dog that would replace his beloved dog is not foremost on his mind, but you know, people have said to us, you have a lot of love to give and there's a lot of dogs that need love. And yeah. so I, I don't know. Maybe you just know when it's right. It's like when people lose a spouse, right? Everybody's like, when are you going to date again? Right. You know, when is the time to, to reach out? Maybe we just kind of know that. Yeah. Do, I'm do glad you, you have more cats though. And I love that you have them for your children. I yeah. just think that's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. They've been a big part of our lives. Um, do you feel like it would be a betrayal to Pip if you, brought home another dog? You know, that did cross my mind at first. Um, I think what it's kind of come down to though, is just like, how do we have another one here? And, you know, it's only like two months ago. And, um, but I don't know, I, I sort of say a prayer about that too, that just if there's one that needs us or we yeah. need it, that it will come along. We we needed Pip and somehow through our daughter, we got her. And so I'm hoping at the right time that we'll know, but I'm sure there's gonna be more conversations ahead between Dave yeah. and I, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you might be, like you said, uh, more open to that at a, at a different pace, but- um... Yeah, yeah. So like what about approach. the heaven question? <laughs> well, let me just say that seems like a great approach. I, um, I know friends, counselors, spiritual directors, all of the above are not supposed to give advice, but, uh, it sure <laughs> sounds like another dog would be, would be wonderful in your life at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I contacted someone here oh, wow. about a dog. Um, but it was quite expensive. And I know there are rescues as well. I've, I yeah. have looked into it actually. I, oh, wow. we did take Pip's leftover things and food to a pet rescue. And okay. I just lit up when I was able to see these dogs. I, I, I really miss being a dog mom, I have to say. Yeah. And 
yet. Um, you know, if it's, if we're ready for that yet yeah. right now, I'm not quite sure. You know, it, you mentioned how long it took. I, I just remembered when I, when I lost our, my very first cat baby, uh, in 2017, um, I guess shows you how kind of emotionally impactful that was. Uh, she was about 16 and a half. She'd had some, I don't know, some internal issues and, uh, she was, struggling with bowel movements and we were kind of tolerating that and cleaning up after her, but then it was turning to blood, uh, which mm -hmm. is never a good sign. And, mm -hmm. um, that was another very traumatic moment bringing her in. I, I actually decided to bring her in just by myself and I had, had Jaden, our older son say goodbye the night before and mm -hmm. my wife. And, um, yeah, I was an absolute wreck with the vet. Um, yeah. and thank, I'm, I'm grateful everybody, like you said, it happens in different ways where, um, like with Bubba, I think it was, it was that, like, like you described, just the shock of the experience was mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, we were bawling our eyes out and yes. Just, oh yeah, you know, totally. Just, we were too. You barely feel like you can say goodbye. And here I was, you know, a mid to late thirties in a, in a vet's office. They actually brought in another vet because I was so inconsolable uh, mm. so when I knew that, um, but somehow I was able at the time, and I, I guess this, I'm just grateful for the gift that it was, was able to, to vocalize just, just thanks. I just remember kind of, she was again on, on the table, as you described, she was too weak and, um, yeah. you know, she was dirty, you know, from, from her yes. bowel issues and, um, and we knew it was time. It was, I think in the hour or two that I was there before we said goodbye um I, the vet we were trying to talk through is there much more we can do for her right and it was kind of the situation where we could try this but it's probably right buy her that much time and it's right this expensive and you know those right. sorts of things right yeah which are excruciating um yeah. to even think about as i think you mentioned um so when the time came and they were, they were about you know to, to come in and and I, I th maybe i asked for just a few more minutes to say goodbye and just kind of lean my head down and I just remember being able to vocalize thank you because she wonderful she had been that cat that um you know first cat in my my life my family you know my you mm -hmm. know my parents life or any of our lives um and was uh adopted or taken in uh by a, a neighbor you know my first year out of college who, who passed her on to me was trusting enough to do that and mm. you know, a lot of lonely days those first that first year or two before my wife and i started dating and got mm -hmm. married and um, it was, it was like saying goodbye to a piece of myself and yes, yes, yes. It was saying goodbye to an animal, um, who had been very special, although, you know, she, she could be a bit of a, a bit of a brat at times and, you know, kind of, sure. kind of did her own thing. And, um, and then of course we had cats that came along. Sometimes they were a little friendlier than her and, you know, but she, she had started to, to bond with my, my son just a year or two before she died. And that was hard on him. But, um, so I, I don't know if it's selfish or just the way we're wired, but it, it was almost as if, you know, saying goodbye to a, to a living being was hard, was hard enough, but yeah. it was, it was like a, a massive chunk, 15 plus years of my life that uh, was just gone, you mm -hmm. know, that I would never get back. And I remember that hitting me like a sledgehammer. Yes. Yes. Well said. And, you know, when my dad passed away we sat with him while he passed from like a friday to a sunday night okay. 
And, you know, humans can talk and we, you know, we speak the same language, but with our pets, we don't, we don't know. It's all, you know, you're trying to decipher. And I think that's what makes it hard, Ben, too, don't you? It's that, you know, we can't communicate back and forth, really, like we can with, with a human being. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I I don't know if she made much eye contact. Uh, I, I know Bubba, we, we talked about a moment ago, was probably much more similar to Pip, where he was in just such agony, mm-hmm. agony and almost in terror. It was like terror had gripped him. It was so bad um, that there wasn't really that. Uh, a baby was more just sort of um, comatose or, or very, you know, lethargic on the, mm-hmm. on the vet's table and I don't know if we will make much eye contact or not um, uh, and communicate in that way. I guess that's why, why that came to mind. Um, but they don't speak the words, you know, the last words I heard my dad words. say to me was, right. I love that's you. True. Right. Well, that's, wow. That's, that's uh, a gift in itself. That, that was a, a, a deep gift, but um, I, the, a good thing for us is that we took her to the vet on the Sunday afternoon and we couldn't decide he was, they were like ready to then like say, we can keep her here. We'll put her in oxygen, but she could pass away in the morning. We didn't know what to do. We were like, what? So we brought her home with my daughter. So we had Sunday afternoon with her. We could watch her. She tried to play a little bit because they tried to rally, but we could see like, she was failing and failing fast as the night went on mm. and we could be with her. So everybody snuggled with her. Yeah. And I think that that I'm so grateful for that, that we had hours with her, but then finally it was like, no, this, this isn't fair to her anymore. She's struggling to breathe and we've, we've got to take action. So I'm glad that we had home time with her. And I think it's kind of interesting. We'd been on the road for, um, almost two months. And, you know, it was when we got to this apartment with our furniture, which she hadn't been on in two months, we just kind of wonder, you know, if she smelled the smells, knew she was home mm-hmm. and it was okay yeah. to go. And it was okay to be, to be sick. Cause she was sick. She wasn't holding it together anymore. But she got to be, you know, sit next to Dave in the chair in the certain way that she would just for five days. She got to see our daughter and um, yeah, and all the the blankets, she would go and sniff everything. And we just, you know, sort of wonder about that, that she knew it was safe. We were okay. We were settled. She could go. Yeah, that's amazing. I I know sometimes it doesn't help to hear other people say it, but it sure sounds to me from a distance that you loved her incredibly well, you and Dave and your whole family. Um, Mm -hmm. And even just being with her in those final hours and moments at the vet. um, I heard recently, I don't know if it was a radio show or something else, maybe an an online news blur, but um, they were saying how how heartbreaking it is for for some vets um, to to be putting an animal, yeah, uh, guessing primarily cats or dogs, to sleep without the owner's presence. They, now I, I hope this was a legitimate source. It's it rang true to me. 
and it seemed like it at the time, but they said they, they, they get the sense that the, the animals are sort of frantically searching for their, even with their eye movements are frantically searching for their owners and mm-hmm. in those last moments. Um, yeah. I felt like people, Pip seemed frantic. Yeah. And some people just uh, are, are so distraught and understandably so that they can't be there um, yes. with them. And yes. so your presence with her uh, was, was an incredible yeah. gift in itself. And maybe, like you said, that those, those hours and days, uh, last days at, at home and, and then just being in the same room with her were, um, yes, what she needed. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was a joy to know her. It was a joy to know her. That's all I know. She, yeah. she was an incredible gift to our family and she was a joy to share life with and we miss her. And speaking of heaven, since you're not jumping in on that, I, yes. I, you know, this whole rainbow bridge thing, that poem about your yes. pet waiting yes. for you. And yeah. I know C.S. Lewis has the quote that the dog, you know, C.S. Lewis said it. So it must be true. <laughs> our, our pets will be in heaven, but um, I don't know, but I. There will be no disparaging of C.S. Lewis on this show. <laughs> um, no, and I, I was, I was going to go there. I just, uh, uh, I'm glad we fleshed out a little bit more of. Um, I appreciate you allowing me to do so. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you. You know, I when my when my grandmother, my last living grandmother, passed away a couple of years ago. Um, I, I remember, remember looking up the Michael Card song. I don't know if you remember, but uh, either the title or the uh, main line, the chorus is uh, something like we, we were not meant to say goodbye. Right. And I think that applies, you know, not, not equally in weight, but equally in, in principle and fact to animals uh, just, yeah. just as with humans and sometimes even to places we've loved and, and known and, and um, you know, experiences or seasons of life. But um does it hit you harder? Does, do you have, do, do you feel like this, it's just, she's, um, a soul that has gone for good that you, mm-hmm. you know, you were able to enjoy her for those 11 years, but that will never return. Does, uh, whereas you might have the hope of seeing certain people and, you know, in the life to come, or does it hit you harder? Uh, how do you wrestle with that? Do you, do you hope that, do you have any hope of seeing her again? I really haven't thought about it too much. Sometimes I imagine her being in this place called heaven with other dogs and running around. And it seems odd to me because I still think she should trot in this room right now. So, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm still from time to time just in shock. So I don't know, but I think that there's a lot more consensus I'm hearing today from people of faith that they are very much open to that idea that we see our pets again or they read something that randy elkhorn who wrote so much about heaven said and you know they've got their proof text for it I, (laughs) I, i do think you know new heaven new earth one thing i've come to believe ben is that god does not waste anything like right even in creation trees decompose and they turn into something else and they feed the earth. And so, you know, I guess in revelation, it does talk about animals. I don't know why God would necessarily create new ones. He could, but 
you know, if we believe in redemption, then maybe all things will become new and there, there's nothing I'd like more than to hold Pip again. Yeah. Thanks for being that honest. I, yeah. I, could, I remember thinking the same thing about Bubba. And yeah, I would love that someday. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I like I, I, a couple things I want to say. I, I really appreciate I wrote down here. It felt like saying goodbye to a piece of myself. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And um, the other, we, that we were not meant to say goodbye. Yeah. And I think I, you know, I feel that with humans too. Sometimes I say, God, I'm so mad. You, 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 <laughs> this, this sounds dumb, but invented death <laughs> or that there is death. You know, I'm an Enneagram seven. So, you know, I'm yeah. always hopeful and, yeah. and, but yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. And yet it is part of that normal misery of life. If, if we have life, we have death, you know, if we have death, we have life. And it's all throughout humanity and our plant world and our earth world. And I think that, you know, anytime we lose something, you know, we have an opportunity to have kind of a new frontier before us and to be thinking in new ways um, that, that come to us about the experience. You know, there's new space in our life as we process and our loss and I think that's true with job loss, people loss, um, health losses, and pet loss. Um, and I, I really feel that with Pip. I feel even in her death, she is making us better people. Jerry Sitzer, you know, he's the author. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that his wife and mom and young daughter were all killed in a car crash when she was disguised. Yes, yes. Okay. And he said, you know. I became a better father. Interesting. But my wife wasn't here to see that. Hmm. And David and I had been through so much stress the first quarter. We really were at a difficult time, even in our relating together. It was like, yeah. we had a real mess going on with this house and where are we going? What are we, you know, where are we going to live next? Hmm. And so much going on. And, you know, when Pip passed away, all of that just got flattened because the real deal was that Pip wasn't here anymore mm -hmm. and it immediately toned everything down. We were able to see more clearly. We were able to come together, you know, more productively and congenially. Um, and I, you know, even with Pip now there are things I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm learning from her. Mm -hmm. And I think we do that with our humans too, sometimes, or other losses as well. You know, there's always that opportunity. Given the choice, we'd prefer not to have it, of course. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I, I admire your approach to all of that. And you, you definitely are the, the glass half full type from, <laughs> from, hearing you on the radio and, and the podcast and or, or, or just even the, this interaction. Um, and that's, that's to be admired. I, th I think everything you said has a ton of truth to it. I am actually an Enneagram four. Uh, there might be some people out there who are, 
wondering what these these numbers mean. Um, and uh, you probably know four is like to dwell. Oh, my in, daughter's a four. Dwell in the sorrow. So right, right. I just want to acknowledge that what you've already said, just the, the loss itself is no matter how hopeful or the next dog to come along. Um, and you've, you've said all these things yourself, you know, the, at least in this life, if not, if not much longer than that, you know, there, there will, there is no, no pip. And that, that's, a. I, you know, you mentioned, um, death in its place in creation. And even within the Christian tradition, there's different perspectives on that. When did death come along, you know, um, mm -hmm. and is it, uh, and it seems to have some, like you said, biological function and, maybe I, I think even the bible says it sort of puts a limit on the human experience you know if we were to live into our hundreds and beyond it'd be pretty miserable existence with our mm -hmm. bodies breaking down and just misery upon misery loss upon loss you know but that said it, it doesn't seem to be part of the the original intention for god's creation or let alone uh, when you get to revelation as you referenced a little while ago with the uh, the new heaven, the new earth, and my, my favorite line of all, there will be no more death, uh, no more crying, yeah. no more tears, no more pain. And I, th I think that is God's ideal. Uh, every, mm -hmm. every example of death, tears, crying, pain is, is big. It's, it's massive in our lives as human beings, it's, you know, and it's, uh, if we take God at his word and, you know, <laughs> The person he showed us in Christ, um, it's it's something he carries with us and affects him as yeah. well. Which uh, the Christian tradition, especially you know our own evangelical tradition, at least growing up, has uh, um, has not done a great job of expressing. Um, and, and you know, it, I, I wish there was a clean cut answer to the the question of heaven. We I remember. Mm -hmm. It was listening to us talking about that on the the show from nine years ago, and I was asked that at different times. I I, I even had a, a Christianity Today had asked me to contribute to a brief article with three different perspectives. Actually, Karen Swallow Pryor, if you know that name, was yes. one of the other uh, people who chimed in, and, mm -hmm. and then one other person. and And I said, I you know I the Bible doesn't see like as, as I think you said yourself doesn't have seem to have a clear statement on this, but uh, it sure seems like God. God's grace could potentially extend, you know, to that. We have the the idea of the nefesh, you know, the sort of um, internal soul type quality that, that God breathed into all of creation. Yes. Uh, including, or I forget the exact uh, verse or wording, but at least uh, humans and animals, um, there's that, uh, you know, whether, and of course, there's then you can get into all sorts of arguments, you know, does God redeem only human souls? Does he... Mm -hmm. But I think you were pointing out that God's redemption, you know, all, all of creation is groaning, waiting for our redemption right. so that it can be redeemed, right? According to right to just just that one passage in, in Romans. Um, well, I, I think th of God caring about sparrows, it says in Matthew and right. all that. I'm like, well, if he's caring about those, I'm pretty sure he's caring about this wonderful dog. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought I'd heard this. Uh, there's... Uh, a great podcast, a couple of podcasts out of England, uh, unbelievable as a apologetics podcast. And an offshoot of that is uh, one called Ask N.T. Write Anything. And mm. um, you're probably familiar with that name. One of the, yes. if not the leading New Testament scholar today, and just a wonderful, wise man, if you ever have the chance to hear him. And I thought I'd heard him 
talk about this issue at one point. I was, and I thankfully I found. A, I think they wrote out his response, and I'll share that in the show notes as well. But um, again, not a definitive statement, but I wondered if it'd be of some encouragement to you. And he's acknowledging that um, you know, Bible doesn't have a, a clear statement on this, but he does go on to say, uh, quoting him, "When a human being loves and cares for an animal." And when that animal responds to that love and care, there is a bond between them, oh. which is part of who that human being is. Oh, well, I definitely want to get that. And then a little further down, um, you know, he acknowledges that there will be animals in heaven. Um, and he's, I think he's sort of in a roundabout way, what wrestling with the same thing you said, will there just be animals in general? There certainly will be, you know, if, if that's part of the original earth, the original creation will be part of the new earth, but, mm -hmm. but his final statement and this little, little answer that he gave, I think in the podcast as well, uh, he says, and in the middle of that, perhaps there will be an older woman who will recognize among the plethora of delighted creatures, a dog to whom as a little girl, she once gave love and companionship and who returned oh. that favor. Oh. I don't see why that shouldn't be so. Oh, oh, lovely. I'm so glad you found both of those. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but it's it sure, you know, if, if, if we invest that much emotion and care and love in a, in an animal in our home, um, then God has to be right there. You know, God's, God's the, the, the origin of that animal's life, you know, knows that animal, loves that animal even more than we do. So I, I'm, I, I'm certainly hopeful at least that, um, you know, he'll, he has more of a vested interest in yes. <laughs> resurrecting, so to speak, that little soul than, than we do. But. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you've been incredibly gracious with your time. I kept you longer than we, and I so appreciate um, having having you on at all. Uh, it was has been a delight. And um, well, I'm uh, so enriched for having been here. I've I've circled three things here. I'm going to talk to Dave about that that you've said and that have given me some things to think about. People's responses, and then about saying goodbye and. Yeah. I really appreciated the time, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Melinda. You as well. Is there anything else you wanted to close on? First, touch on before we part ways. Um, you know, I, I, this is the first dog I ever owned. They say we don't deserve dogs. We don't deserve cats. We don't deserve any pet. <laughs> I think God is so gracious to bring these creatures into our lives. Um, Karen Rivadonera has a new book yeah. out. It came out in that. April. Yeah. That's Saints great. of Feather and Fang, How Animals We Love and Fear Connect Us to God. Interesting. And I think, you know, you're right. We haven't maybe in some of our evangelical faith traditions focused that much on God's wider world. Right. <laughs> and I feel dearly grateful and loved for having known Pippa. I miss her like crazy. I'm learning a lot in her passing and hopefully becoming a better person, even because of what I'm learning through the experience. And, um, yeah, unquestionably. you know, I think it's, you know, the whole idea of giving people space to process their loss is one that is really 
uh, bubbling up for me as I'm watching this process. And I hope I can be better at showing compassion. And I hope as people who um, value God intimately, that they will value his world, including the creatures in it, and that we can be good examples of caring for and, and loving the other part of his creation. Yeah. The many parts of it, I should say. <laughs> Not just yeah, humans. Well, yes. Yes, very well said. And I really appreciate this opportunity to sort of re-engage with something that was a cause that was a big part of my life. Yes, yes, then. Boils down to actual, actual animals and talking about, you know, one or two actual animals we shared a life with is a is a honor in itself. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe down the road we, we can even talk about the bigger uh, animal welfare, creation care perspective. That'd sure. Be, be fun to do. Sure. Yes. Well, it's always great to talk with you and you give me lots to think about. So thanks for the time today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I will post a link to uh, to Anita Lustria's show, Faith Conversations, and perhaps even a couple of the recent uh, episodes that you've been on with her. Hey. Um, I've got another episode coming up, hopefully, in the next week or two with my brother, Josh, where we're going to continue talking about uh, the problem of evil. Oh. And... Uh, uh, if anyone um, has any feedback, uh, I forgot to mention recently, I do have a show email address. You can uh, email uh, corner of the river, uh, C O R N E R O F T H E <laughs> river at gmail.com. I'd be happy to respond and um, don't have a Patreon or tip jar or anything like that yet. But if, if anyone's interested in helping out the show or supporting it all, it's a uh, awesome way to do that would be just to simply share it with a friend or two. So anyway, thanks. It was great to have you on Melinda and I uh, hope there'll be another time down the road. It'd be awesome. Great to connect again, Ben. Thank you. You too. Take care.